Contrasting wisdoms, Nietzsche and Buddha in the gridlock of nihilism and nirvana, Nietzsche criticizes asceticism as a life-denying force because it encourages people to reject worldly pleasures, bodily desires and material needs, seeing them as distractions or obstacles to spiritual or intellectual development. This rejection is symptomatic of what Nietzsche calls nihilism, a devaluation and negation of life. An intriguing discussion recently unfolded around the ideas of suppression of reactivity and engagement with ascetic ideals. The question posed was, what do we make out of reactivity or our tainted conscience if any form of curbing or reluctance constitutes nihilism, the negation of life itself? In the realm of emotions, Nietzsche and countless others likely arrived at conclusions shrouded in uncertainty. They could not foresee the possibility of experiencing reactivity without resorting to repression. Until recent times, Western thought failed to distinguish between experiencing a feeling and its expression. However, it is worthy to discern that one can experience feelings without manifesting them in ways that impact the external world or by suppressing them to avoid self-conflict. Both behaviors of expression and repression can lead to discontent. The former brings suffering upon others, while the latter kindles suffering within oneself. Alternatively, if one can experience feelings without expression or repression, the energy of the feeling evolves to a higher level of attention, enhancing one's clarity. Cultivating this ability empowers one with the freedom to break away from the shackles of reactionary behavior. The second question, contemplated over the notions of samsara and nirvana, and the consequences of engaging with these concepts with the intent of practicing an ascetic ideal. It is a common misconception amongst the uninitiated that these philosophies inevitably lead to ascetic practices. However, the core aim of practice is the pursuit of peace, a peace that encompasses disruption but remains unperturbed. This idea transcends many people's imagination or their lived experiences. It is precisely what we refer to as the peace that passeth understanding, a peace that cannot be comprehended by the conceptual mind. The inception of art springs from the nurturing cradle of limitation, or as the poet Wallace Stevens aptly put, death is the mother of beauty. Asceticism, or any form of discipline, connects you with your inherent reactivity. It endows you with the challenge to navigate through your reactions without being overwhelmed by them. The result of this journey is the attainment of true freedom which leads to nirvana. In this moment, you can see the very essence of your nature for the first time, and then let thoughts disappear on their own without trying. Like snowflakes, thoughts, hitting a hot stone you cannot see. Even though it is possible for a brief moment to experience the cessation of thought, there's nothing in this world that can bring a complete halt to thoughts. Not even nuclear bombs or various techniques can stop thoughts. When you turn your attention towards your own mind, it becomes evident that it's simply an empty presence. There's a sense of cognizance, and these phenomena are primordial, original unity in emptiness and form. We often doubt this because it seems too easy. There's nothing easier than this. Abandon the thinker and let's thoughts be. And in that moment, you'll realize there's nothing to conceptually hold on to. This isn't something you approach like a ritual. It's simply a moment that makes a difference, a moment of complete peace. This moment is the unmistaken mystery of an awareness detached and free of objects. Don't project outwardly or concentrate inwardly. Don't hold in between. Give up any mental effort entirely. Its sheer is a clear, empty knowing. You don't need to block your five senses. Just experience everything naturally. If you start to analyze, you'll find yourself lost in thought. No matter what appears in your vision, the world, beings, and so forth, experience it without fixation. 
we need to train ourselves not to imagine something through meditation such as not being distracted. Being distracted just happens and is the same as forgetting. If thinking occurs, remember that you've forgotten, recognize it, and arrive back at recognizing your natural state. This doesn't mean straining yourself trying not to be distracted. The continuity is maintained automatically unless you forget and start thinking. A habit of just recognizing needs to be formed. Life is learned through training. We have learned how to behave, how to move, and even how to eat. When we finally learn how to ride a bike, we do not think about the instructions on how to ride a bike. When riding, we just ride it. We have to train while being involved in life's activities. For example, if you're eating and start thinking about the food, recognize that you've got carried off again. This vivid recognition brings you back to the essence of the state. Even when walking or lying down, you can recognize the primordial nature given at birth. Indeed, there's no time when you're not allowed to recognize the nature of your mind. In this unimaginable naked state of awareness, expressions arise and dissolve back into clear empty knowing. If you forget this clear empty knowing, the expression takes the form of a thought as your attention narrows down on a string of thoughts resulting in thinking. However, the moment you recognize your expression and it dissolves back into clear empty knowing, this infinity expands the attention aperture back to primordial awareness. This is why you need to train. This is the practice taught in the past, and even today, there's not much more to say other than this. Friedrich Nietzsche had a complicated relationship with the concept of asceticism. In his work, particularly on the genealogy of morality, he criticizes ascetic ideals, but also acknowledges their paradoxical necessity for life, especially for those he terms as the higher men. Regarding the paradox, Nietzsche recognizes the ascetic ideal as a tool that can give meaning to life, especially for those suffering, or for higher men. Higher men, according to Nietzsche, are individuals with the ability to transcend the ordinary and achieve greatness. For these individuals, ascetic practices can serve as a mechanism for self-discipline and self-overcoming, allowing them to sublimate their desires and channel their energy towards higher purposes, such as artistic creation or philosophical contemplation.